Wherever you are at Le Mans, whether you're at the circuit or at the campsite or travelling in between, you hear this man's voice. This is John Hindoff, the voice of Le Mans. One of them, one of them. No, there's a John. team, there's a team. Now, come on, you know about team. There's yeah. no I in team. There's me in team, though, in fairness. But, <laughs> but it's you Moses will associate with capturing the atmosphere and reporting and commentating on this extraordinary race more than anyone you're the figurehead at the team it, it's very kind of you to say so I've been blessed with a distinctive accent when I first started coming here in 1989 most of the people who were involved with Radio Le Mans which I think was in its second or third year at that stage and indeed were involved in motorsport broadcasting whether it was here in France or, or back in the UK had a very different accent to me and I stood out and for once it, it, it paid dividends. What is it that got you as deeply entrenched in this race as any driver who's ever raced in it? Because you've been doing this for a long time now. What is the appeal of Le Mans? I first got interested in Le Mans, this is no secret and I'll not be unique in this, with the, the movie Le Mans. Uh, Steve McQueen saw it at school in about the mid 1970s, 74, 75 at a film club and then blow me, you know, 20 odd years later I'm involved in it by a very, very long and boring story, but I got asked to come here to be a DJ and play records. It was never for commentating. I was the guy in the studio who did the links and asked the questions and said, oh, what does that mean and what does this mean? And, and here's another piece of music. But from that really just became part of a team. I immediately associated with the guys on the campsite out here. And even in the first year in 89, we came out and did a campsite tour. We did interviews with the guys out here. Le Mans is unique because there are so many people within the circuit. It's eight and a half miles around. And the bulk of the 250,000 people who come here on Saturday and Sunday are actually staying within the circuit. There's not another racetrack like that in the world. So we've got a community here. So Radio Le Mans was the community radio station. We did cricket commentary, we've done football commentary in the past. We've helped people find their passports, their wives, their girlfriends, their false teeth, starting a motor for a Morris Minor. It's the community thing that I really got into. And I mean, you can't not like the race. You can't not understand the history because everything in motorsport comes back to Le Mans, whether it's the first Grand Prix, which was at Le Mans, whether it's the idea of homologation, which started at Le Mans, whether it was corporate hospitality, which started at Le Mans in 1923 with a big spark plug manufacturer having a champagne and grilled chicken tent, which was actually for the drivers that got out of the car. Mm -hmm. So never mind, you know, filling up the car and putting new wheels on. Can I have a glass and a, and a wing, please? You know, I mean, it all comes back to Le Mans. The history's here, but the community's here. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, where else are you going to get 80,000, 100,000 Brits, all of who, by the way, are having a drink or two, but there's not, no bother, there's no, no trouble. Never, ever. Where will you see... No. You know, with no disrespect, um, a Ford Mondeo parked next to a lightweight A-Type or a Continental Bentley or a Jaguar. With, with a 30 quid tent next to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. people from all different walks of lives and status groups all sharing this one shared passion, and mm. it is a passion, for this one race. I mean, you've got to thank the French, really, for putting on our biggest motor race. More Brits come here than come to the British Grand Prix. I know Prix. that, yeah. You know? I'm concerned, though, because what you're describing here is an almost a religious experience. No, it is. It's, it's a, a cult experience. It truly is. No, you're absolutely right. And using the word religion will upset some people. Yeah, but yeah. this is a pilgrimage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a pilgrimage yeah. every year. I once described it to somebody as like getting a virus. If you've had glandular fever, it keeps coming back, you know, and that's what Le Mans like. You either get it and you carry it and you're evangelical about it and you want to drag other people, or you just keep having to come back. I mean, what would you do in June other than come in? We've become sort of almost meshed in the fabric of the race. And you know what, that boy, 
in Farringdon Comprehensive School Hall back in 1975. Never saw all that. I just wish I had, really. <laughs> Maybe I'd have made some money out of it. <laughs> John, um, I hope you get paid for doing what you do. Um, uh, the rewards for us are enormous. You guide us through the show. You, you guide us through the race. You give it uh, a sense of perspective. You give it sometimes too much perspective, they say. Uh, <laughs> you give it a sense of excitement, which a lot of motorsport commentary doesn't have. I've, I've got two questions. You know, are you still a fan? Is that where the excitement comes from? And how difficult is it doing your job for a 24-hour race? How much time to get off? Very briefly, very briefly. Right, OK. Spectators with microphones. Joe yeah. Bradley, one of our commentators over there, coined that phrase years ago. That's what we all are. Yeah. Some people understand it when they come and work for us at Radio Le Mans. Some people don't. The ones yeah. that don't, don't get asked back. Right. Simple as that. Yeah. The second thing, am I still a fan? Yes, of course I am, because you couldn't do it if you weren't a fan. I think you've got to have that passion. I love all forms of motorsport. This one touches me the most. Is it hard? Well, I don't think so. Everybody tells me it is, but come on, I'm standing looking at some of the best, most technologically advanced and fastest cars in the world running around where there's going to be more passing in 24 hours than in the whole of a Formula One season. And somebody wants to have me be here. I mean, I, I love it. I love it. Of, co of course it's not difficult for me. Radio, radio, I always say the pictures are better on radio. With no disrespect to what you're doing now, Zog. Nice job, by the way. You know, because we're conjuring up a slightly different picture in everybody else's head because yeah. it's an imaginative media. And what happens is that what we do, and you know this from your pod podcast with Gareth, Gareth Jones on speed, is you can do things with sound that means slightly different to everybody else and therefore it's more personal. And some of the things that we conjure up, <laughs> maybe too personal for some people, but they take that away much more than they would take away watching a TV in the background. We are but conduits, John. But, we are. But you're a, a greater conduit than most of us, <laughs> and I don't mean in girth. <laughs> John, it's lovely to see you, mate. It's good to have you back, mate. Thank you very much indeed. And. Uh, Good luck for the race. Are you doing a two-start strategy for you? Oh, possibly. Maybe have to go for a splash and dash at the end, but probably you don't want to know that. Come and see us during the race. I will. Garrett Jones on speed!